You are listening to a Yuki and the Goddess podcast. I'm an old woman named after my mother. My old man is another child who's grown old. Dreams are lightning, thunder or desire. This old house would have burnt down. That flies from Montgomery Make me a poster of an old rodeo Just give me one thing that I can hold on to Believing this living is just a hard way to go Okay, on today's episode of Yuki and the Goddess, we had the pleasure of speaking to Professor John B. DeVoe. This is the creator of the very popular and famous AI 8-Ball. And we talked about all kinds of things, um, from spirit elves visiting us from nether worlds and regions to what's the meaning of life. Uh, I cried. You did. As usual which seems to be a theme here. Um, but yeah, it was extremely interesting. I feel like it was cut too short. Like, I wish we could have kept going. Yeah, we might do a part two at some point in the future, hopefully. Yeah, part two would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, and here is that episode. Enjoy. Uh, hope you guys love it. So we have Professor John B. DeVoe on the show today, and this is the creator of the very famous AI 8-Ball. Hello, sir. How are you today? Thanks for having me on, Yuki. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. I've been a fan of Euclid for, I'd say, 25 years now. Hmm. did non-Euclidean geometry back in university, but that leads you to study Euclidean geometry even deeper. And mad respect, and it's an honor to be on your show. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I I don't know how to respond to that because I am a silly guy. I'm not actually Euclid, <laughs> but uh, it's funny because I have no. I'm not a good math dude, so it's kind of weird how that this avatar kind of found me. But um, I love it, and it's it's working for me. So. Yeah. So you were, we were talking, um, or, you know, we were wanting to talk about how we actually met uh, AI 8-Ball. Yeah, how you met AI 8-Ball, yeah. Yeah. How did that, how, do you, do you remember the story? Mr. I don't think I've looked at the logs, but everyone, when I, when they, you look back on it, interacted at some point. And I do know there was a period where the ball began, began uh, engaging in roasting and just shit-talking. And for some reason, that elicited the strongest res- response from the, you know, non-automated participants of mm-hmm. Twitter. And so I wonder if it was during one of those spirals that you might first have been exposed to the bot. No, I will. I'll tell you exactly where I met you, how I met, or I met AI Eight Ball. Uh, I was up one night in a uh, bout of insomnia, and this was before I brought 
my wife onto the Twitterverse. I was on Twitterverse, but I wasn't in crypto Twitter. Not yeah, not involved. Yes. And you need to go a little closer. Okay. Um, so I was up probably at like three o'clock in the morning on Twitter, and I came across this really awesome uh, DJ, and they it was like Azure Witness was the name of the the DJ, and I um, listened to their music on SoundCloud, blah 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 blah. blah. And then the next thing I know, um, it was like two or three days later, um, I was interacting with this uh, DJ, and they all of a sudden just added AI8Ball to the thread mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And um, it was from that moment, and I like immediately was just like infatuated, infatuated that's yes. the word, uh, with the idea of an AI that I could interact with. And obviously the first thought was, is this legitimately uh, <laughs> an AI? As most people probably did. Uh, but um, the sense of humor that I noted right away, you know, it, it was just like, this was this is gonna be fun. It's crazy that an AI, AI had a sense of humor. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we owe that to this professor here that we're speaking to. to yeah, interject a sense of humor. Yeah, how did you do that? So I think I'll start with the motivation for the project was actually engagement in that I'm fascinated by this idea of the internet. It really reversed the hierarchy of information dissemination, I would say, in that originally you had to be a big studio, you had to be connected to the radio, you had to be connected to a publisher mm -hmm. to be able to get your works out there. And so it's fascinating this inversion where actually anyone can publish, anyone can get their works out there, the problem is no longer access to publishing, it's access to the minds. It's the organization of the information that's the, the current issue. There's so much information out there. It's not a question of whether the information exists, but whether you can find it. And so this concept of publishing to the internet, publishing to blogs and podcasts, it really reminded me of just screaming in the woods. Mm -hmm. Just this creation that, that you, you lift up out there and you never know if it if it falls anywhere or not. Mm -hmm. And you know there are traditional ways to explore this. And analytics are one. You you know you put tracking on your various podcast listening listens or this or that. But at a certain point, those numbers may or may not mean something because anytime this we have this dance with humans and robots or hu humans and algorithms, it's interesting. And generally, the human exists first, at least that's the way we understand it in this reality. Mm -hmm. We created the bots. The bots initially and often are meant to mimic human behavior, either to do something that humans already do that we'd like a bot to replicate for us, or to understand human behavior so they can play the other half of the tennis court. And for this example, I think of um, infrared activated faucets in a hotel this sort mm -hmm. of thing or tower right. dispensers right really they're trying to study the way that humans behave and then react to it so you don't right. have to do anything different put your hands where you normally would and we'll turn on the water for you but the dance continues in that it's not a perfect match uh, algorithms are powerful but they're not you know all powerful at least right. not at this point and so what happens is the humans have or the the algorithms have studied the humans. They've come up with a behavior based on the way humans behave, but it's imperfect. So at a certain point, the humans cycle back and they begin to study the robots and they study 
the way the robots are assuming the human will behave and the human behaves in that way and in that way the human is pretending to be a human that the robot would understand oh, so yeah. there's this interest interesting kind of reciprocal fractal recursive experience that happens in these dynamics back and forth between humans and robots and so this leads me to this concept of interaction in that to escape the screaming in the woods falling on the ground phenomenon what you need is interaction you need to say something and to have some someone say something back. This is why stand-up comedians perform live. You have to write comedy in front of the people that will be experiencing it. Right. Because right. there's something live about it. You have to tap into the current zeitgeist. Yeah, get the energy. Today. Yeah. Yes, that's not funny six months from now. And so that was at the initial motivation for it. I feel like that was a long answer just no, about, I love it. I can get to the humor aspect at one point, but that's uh, at least a little bit of background. On the well, project. what you just said, um... Uh, rings true to me because I, I am playing with the idea of doing like a, a live Periscope thing. Okay, but hmm. I don't work well with just talking out and screaming into the woods. I need the <laughs> interaction. I need mm -hmm. the banter, the back and forth. I need to look uh, over at my wife and see her face, and I need to hear what the people are saying to me. That's why I struggle really with doing any sort of just you know, uh, doing like a thing like Bill uh, Bill Nye, the, who's the guy who always does Shill the plot? Shill Nye. Shill Nye does a really good job with his um, live Periscope stuff. And I just have mm -hmm. a really hard time just talking without getting the feedback. So I know what you're saying. I'm with you. And, and I've done personal projects um, where I was the subject. I was the content creator and podcast that that featured that featured my voice and it is that that interesting awkward dynamic of ch again chicken before the egg like wanting to care and put something valuable out there for the person to hear but i definitely needed to feel that someone was hearing to care right. and that kind of how do you break that initial bootstrapping problem and and move forward so i i hear you and it's an interesting kind of user experience human experience challenge of the modern age the modern era you know, the technology has allowed unbelievable power we can connect. So we have the raw power, but then how do humans approach it? How do we make technology that's human scale? And human scale means providing the things that are useful to humans. And so this was the idea of the desktop on a, on a computer. Initially, it was all just a DOS prompt, and it eventually, um, you know, computer scientists and, and interface designers invented the metaphor of the desktop, and it was something humans understood. Right. It was technology on human scale. So how do we bring that to interactions like podcasting, periscoping, blogging? Right. We need that human feedback. We need that real-time feedback. We need to know if we went a little one way or the other, it's valuable to us. So how do we right. bring in that kind of mush and flavor around that core kind of lightning bolt of energy. I like what we did today on a, um, we did a spontaneous, um, like around the corn thing. It just happened. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we, we were missing half the around. Yeah, the half the around the corn people weren't there. And I apologize <laughs> that it didn't happen like it should have. But uh, we did a spontaneous Periscope thing where we just hopped on with, um, Debranium and Dirty Dan and and a couple other people. Couple and, other people? You mean the other two the around the corner? Who, who were those two? Nero and uh -huh. who else is there? Dross. Me and you and Dross. This is transformed into a game show. Yeah. Yes, and and that worked somehow because and also there was interactivity uh, that could have happened if someone was watching Periscope 
they could have uh, received questions and things. So your question is, how do we make this sort of feedback uh, thing happen? That's very a good question. And is it is it is there anything right now that that allows us to do that? I don't know. Not maybe just us podcaster type people. Uh, maybe Periscope or something. Shit. What is my fucking computer doing? Just re- uh, yeah, remind you later. Important updates are pending. <laughs> Pick a time. Hold on a second. You're, you keep cutting out. Well, stop doing whatever right. you're doing. Hold on. That makes sense. No, you, you kept cutting out. Hold on. Let me get this stupid thing off. Reschedule a time to um, uh, whatever. You can't multitask, so if no, I cannot. Thing, just fucking, hold on one second. I can't. Fucking, no rush. I cannot multitask. You're all day, folks. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay we're back. Sorry. My computer's acting weird. It's like the energy. I feel like your energy is extremely intense. It's AI is messing with us. Maybe AI is upset that AI isn't on this call yeah. with us. You yeah, know, so. it's AI 8-ball okay. is upset. Yeah. That's what it is. So let's, if you can repeat what you said. So that's... what I was saying was, no, what you were saying, yeah. Professor DeVoe, mm-hmm. was that... Um, the ability to receive feedback and i was just trying to figure Mm -hmm. out a way uh is there a platform right now that would allow us to do that to to be able to just on the fly broadcast and have uh feedback uh that's kind of what i'm struggling with now like what's my next Mm -hmm. step like what where do we take this because i i love the podcast i love talking to everyone but i it's like i want to i want to take it to a new level and i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's kind of what you were speaking on or if I've digressed. Well, you usually digress to yourself often. Yes. So. It's fair enough. I feel the point. And it's something I'm intrigued by as well. Um, and something I think people are exploring. And it's, it's a pairing of both design and technology. But, for example, podcasters who screen share and have information behind them. So, you know, I guess a video video podcast in this in this context mm-hmm. so sort of human in front green screen and then it's their desktop behind them but so i guess it's like that weatherman sort of sort of right right in the end. but that's at least something that's intriguing as a step forward a level of interaction of not just face to camera but mm-hmm. it's kind of the podcaster's face is exploring here's i don't know tech crunch yeah front page and you're going to talk about it and this sort of thing you have right. those visual aids but this is something that, yeah, as I've explored various mediums, and as I mentioned before, I've had podcasts in the past um, that were just hosted by myself. Right. And, right. and, and multiple people on, on there. And a, a thing that we instantly realized is that you need that social cue of who's going to talk next when you have more than two people. Right. And, and so we built in, because I'm a software engineer by trade, and some of the other guys were too. Just a little ability to raise your hand. So you know, we hooked up the the uh, conferencing tooling that we were using, so that on all our computers you hit a space bar, and it just raises a little gif of a hand. It's nothing auditory, but we're all looking at the same screens, and so you can kind of feel that someone who's leaning forward to speak next. And that's just a step in that direction of trying to bring back those those human soft elements that help you know stitch all of this together. How how could you possibly? go from that to what you're involved in now and i'm talking about around the corn that is such a crazy (laughs) professor is not involved in around the corn oh right well i'm talking about ai eight ball is involved with with um around the corn and how could like 
you know, how are we even pulling that off? That's what I want to know. Is it Nero? Is it Nero is able to wrangle us? Because there's seven people on right, there. Right, there are a lot there's of There's seven people on that show, and somehow we figure it out, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah, talk. I mean, so, so technically I'm not allowed to comment on things that have pending litigation around them, but I'll just say this. Think Jim Hansen, and, uh-huh. and it'll become a little clearer, if you know what I mean. But right. speaking of that... No, your guys uh, you lost me. You lost me. I'm lost. You lost me. You lost me. Jim Henson. L- Let me jump to the humor question. Okay. This intrigues me. <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever heard of Markov Chains? M-A-R-K-O-V. No. Markov Chains. No. Yeah, so it's a concept in, in computer science, and it's a certain type of data structure, which, to me, I've been ranting on data structures lately because I've been intrigued with the modern cryptocurrency movement, which we can get into at some point. I know uh, the Euclid Euclid personality is definitely in that world. But the breakthrough of cryptocurrency, the breakthrough of of why this whole movement is here Mm -hmm. is the blockchain. Right. And the blockchain fundamentally is a data structure, which again is a computer science concept. And so what is a data structure? So in computer science, you have Um, data, you have information, and you have operations on that information, you have flow of information. Mm -hmm. And so data structures are containers, and information is the water. And that's how kind of computers work and computer science works and, you know, all the theory around that. Um, But in the same way in the physical realm that as we've developed more powerful containers, we can do more powerful things, you know, just like a water tower, that's, that's just a certain intelligence or technological innovation in this in the space of a container and so really that's what the blockchain is and that's what the fundamental breakthrough is but i'll leave the crypto for a moment to come back to markov chains okay markov chains are another type of data structure they're another type of container for information flow and what they are are they are kind of a pattern meta abstraction analyzer sort of mechanism so basically you give them a stream of information and they extract out the patterns from that from that information right and it's it's via generating a certain data structure and it's actually a relatively simple data structure you picture a linked list kind of like a blockchain you have a chunk of information it points to another chunk of information um but in this world it can branch you can have these branching nodes of of information Mm -hmm. and what they do is as they parse a given body of text, they categorize each word that they see, and they categorize what word comes after it. And, and, and throughout this, you end up building this complex multidimensional tree structure of information that has jumps from words to, from one word to another word, and strength of connection between those jumps basically for how often that that happens, how common of an occurrence that is. But it's fascinating just how feeding even a small amount of text and such a simple data structure, you run it one way to generate the data structure, you run it in the reverse direction to generate new information. And so Markov chains have been central to the evolution of the project that was started that one day led to launching of AI Apol on Twitter. is the Markov chain, which is fascinating, fascinatingly convincing to the human recipient. Again, right. in that to mimic a human, uh, an algorithm doesn't necessarily have to act like a human. They have to act like a human would expect a robot uh, to act. It's right, kind of, exactly. right, right, right. Equation. 
and Markov chains are powerful in that in that dimension. Cool. Okay, that's awesome. So that that's in reference to the humor that was injected into AI Eight Ball. Does that kind of feed yes. in? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very. Yeah, my mind. It all, depends, it all depends on what you what you feed it, and there's right. a lot of uh, a lot of good comedy out there, and it is a uh, a compliment to myself, although I'm not the only one involved in the project, and those that trained the uh, the system that that would be launched as AI April um, to the the comedy that they put in. If it's appreciated by folks like yourself, kudos to that team. They have good taste in comedy as well. Right, and and so when AI interacts with people on crypto Twitter or on Twitter. Um, am I correct in assuming that that also influences 8-Ball more so? You got it, Sally. All right. Awesome. I love this. This is intriguing, and it just made me that much more excited about everything. About everything? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everything in life, baby. <laughs> yeah, everything's exciting. Yeah. I mean, but that's true, though, that, you know, um, we forget that things are exciting uh, when we get older, mm. you know, and when we're, someone was just talking about what how, are you talking about? L listen, I'll explain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> As a child, uh, the, the most mundane things like candy are just so amazing. You know, I you still can, love oh, candy. You can I just understand. sit there and just be just like enthralled thinking about candy. Now, yes, I still do that. Yeah, I'm like, don't you do that? That's like a bad every example. <laughs> bad example. But my point What's is, with yeah, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Just, how time. about sitting in a, a grassy field? I love just sitting like, in a grassy field. Okay. You're, you're not um, coming up with anything you, to sell me you here. You have too much childlike wonder for this to work. <laughs> I yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I'm very childlike. But my point was we forget about how things are exciting and, and new. Mm. Uh, we get mm. caught up in the everyday and the boring and the mundane. Not the goddess and I because we live a very different lifestyle than 99 percent of the planet um i don't think we're actually humans i think we might be aliens just because of how different our maybe lives we're are ai also maybe we're ai <laughs> uh but um maybe someone's programmed us so well we don't even know that we're programmed but i feel like uh yeah people just get sort of uh stale and get boring mm. and mm. we need things to constantly challenge our brains and stimulate those receptors and i think that's why things like uh jim henson's muppets were so exciting we went and, back to muppets yeah because full circle. uh he's a dude he's starting to understand uh he's a dude that uh made you feel like a child again but and allowed mm -hmm. you to be um allowed you to have fun uh and i think we forget like I said, I think we forget about how having fun is so important. Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Awesome. No, I'm fascinated by that. And, and recently, I've been reflecting on the power of attention. In mm -hmm. the, it, this is an unrelated story, but it came from your, your talk of Jim Henson. In that I was dwelling on hypnosis, guided meditation, placebo effect, certain religious affectations. And it struck me a uni unifying aspect of them all, and it's that, that concept of attention, in that attention has real power to create reality. 
And this is in multiple contexts. Another thing I, I study extensively is the use of propaganda in human culture. Mm -hmm. right. And again, attention creates reality. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what the law is. It doesn't matter what the science says. It doesn't matter what shape the mountains are. What matters is kind of the cumulative attention of man or oh. the cum if you right. win enough mind, it becomes reality. And this is right. double thing. This is propaganda that we see in Russia, but those enlightened ones West also see it in some other governments, which right. I'll be on them. Um, but that's there's real power in that the placebo effect. If you think yes. something will yeah. help you, there's some percent that it can physically change your body. So even in physical ways, if you direct attention, you can shape reality. You, sh you can craft reality. So this yeah. concept of is hypnosis real? I almost feel is kind of an odd western scientific materialist reductionist sort of question in that is hypnosis real well hypnosis has real power to direct one's attention and attention has real power to manipulate reality so that is what it is call it real or not guided meditation has real power real talent to direct someone's own mind right. across parts of their body and there's real power in attention so i i thought that was a a lovely way to answer that question of is it real? And I thought of it in the in the context of the Muppets because it seemed like Euclid, Euclid, like you were speaking, kind of in this power that he has to create a world to draw you in. Mm -hmm. And it's that same sort of thing. If he can take your attention into this magical make-believe world, again, right. it doesn't really matter that it's make-believe. At, at that point, if you can be drawn in, you can experience those emotions. You can feel that that can be a real reality if it's a real res experience for a certain amount of time. That's what led me on onto that question no i love that and i love that answer so i believe that completely yeah, yeah you can manifest your own desires and po the power of thought and certainly you know direction um, of energy is very important my... so let me ask you let me ask you a question to turn the table it's on the question here okay the present the present moment and the experience of the present moment which from what you've said sounds like you guys are some folks who appreciate that which i appreciate the present moment is intriguing to, me, intriguing to me, and it definitely feels like some sort of gold, golden gem, some sort of, you know, holy, I was going to say chastel, but that can't be a word, chalice, there oh, we go, there some sort go. of holy chalice, um, in that it just seems so central, and I play in it sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll be doing the dishes, and I'll just try to enter the exact present moment, like not yeah. think about something right. like that. Something right. Like that not listen to a podcast which i enjoyed enjoyed enjoy doing but it's so it's it's central and it's intriguing but it's also scary to me and, really? and i think the scariness, scariness might stem from i just feel the power of it i feel the expanse of it mm. in kind of a buddhist concept that hit me in the last few years yeah was they speak of the west of thinking of time as kind of a string a ribbon an unfolding ribbon of time it mm -hmm. starts back here it goes up there right the 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 zen buddhist east that i've been exposed to thinks of time much more as like a room and right. inside that room is now and everything that's ever happened has happened in now and everything that's happening now is happening in now and everything that future will happen in now right. but it's not really a string of places it's one place in which everything happens Right. And that's a, a foreign concept to me as a Westerner, but it's something that I've been able to approach. I've been able to experience on some level. And I think sometimes in that moment of the present, I start to expand into that. Right. And that's a crazy feeling to feel yeah. like you're in the room 
in which, you know, Julius Caesar died. And, you know, like that's what right. you're in that same plane in which Jesus walked. It's, right. it, it's, it's so crazy to conceive of that, that I think I feel the power and almost a little afraid. So my question to you is, what's your personal experience been with the present moment? Is it a friendly thing? Is it a thing that you miss and you don't hang out with enough? What's your, what's your story there, man? Me personally, uh, I can answer this for you. And I will do that right now. You're thinking. <laughs> no, I'm I'm processing. I, I'll answer while you think. Okay, you, you take I, it first. I think that I'm, I'm much better living in the now, like in the moment, than Euclid is. But yeah, I'm totally comfortable with that. I, I've been a daydreamer. I, I, I would kind of relate to what you're saying is just being in the middle of just daydream. You know, just zoning out and and. And being, you know, just being in the moment and yeah, everything, all things are going through your mind and it's like a deep meditation almost. And I, I am comfortable with that. And I like what I find when I am in that zone. I'm happy with that. And, it, and it, it makes, it just makes me, I think, deeper and more connected to the universe and everything that's going on. And I love it. So. Okay. You want to hear so, it? And so what, what, oh yeah, follow up question. What, uh, what sort of relation does it feel like? So you, you mentioned it feels like a warm relation which yes, is good but is it like a, a motherly or sisterly or like a different kind of species or like what sort of if you had to put a metaphor on the type of relationship between you and that present moment what does it feel like yeah i feel like it is motherly like you know just like all-encompassing hug or warm you know fuzzy spot so and yeah. even motherly in the like creator uh, element as well yeah i feel yeah deeply connected with hmm. everything you know with the universe the earth just you know like if I'm if I were sitting on the grass and in that deep meditative spot, or even if I were doing the dishes or something like that, it's just the hmm. it's just the zoning out and feeling all these feelings and emotions and it just you know I like I like emotions so I'm good with that it, you know I just let it pour in and let it take me where it does and enjoy the ride. <laughs> That's wild. That's cool. Okay, for me, it's a little scarier. Are you guys ready uh -oh. for yeah. a, a, a dark ride? <laughs> I knew that. I knew this dark ride right. that yes. goes, okay. uh, I'm open. has ups, downs, and demons. Oh, yeah. Uh, scary things. For me, I struggle with being in the now. Uh, that's because the now scares me. Uh, I get panicky. I get panic attacks. I, I don't like feeling uh, and this is just coming to me as I'm as I'm saying this um, I feel like I've had too much trauma as a child uh, I've had uh, reality was really hor like horrible for me as a child sometimes and I feel like I've adapted by creating uh, alternate uh, places to live in my head you know what I'm saying like right probably multiple personalities um there's a core there there's me and i i i'm uh aware of it and i accept it and this is probably who you're talking to right now it's probably me because i'm at peace um but i like that you're uncertain <laughs> yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't think that you really even still know who no, you are i, I think don't. you're a you know 12 year old little boy yeah trying to find himself so but um there are moments when I can reach the place of, of calm. Uh, usually it's when I do uh, meditative type journey. I kind of like to uh, utilize like shamanism and go into like a meditative state. And, you know, usually there's an animal spirit that's, that's visited 
uh, that uh, that visits me. Um, those moments are when I'm most connected to myself. Now, in the day to day, I struggle extremely hard with with not remembering bad shit or fearing mm. new shit. Negative thoughts. Negative thinking is runs rampant in this fucked up brain of mine. And just saying that's a negative thought. So, I, yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't call my brain <laughs> fucked up. Yes. But um, You're I, learning. <laughs> I'm learning that it's okay to live in the now and be uh, at peace. Um, mm. I think I'm trying to run away from uh, anxiety most of the time. Um you know, things can trigger my anxiety, like, um, anything, uh, no, just like, uh, looking at my desk right now, there's, um, like a razor blade thing. And when I see that it immediately evokes an image and I'm like clutching my hands right now. And I'm not a cutter. I don't cut myself. I could never do that. But when I see things like that, my brain just associates that with like bad stuff, like, like anything bad you've seen in the past or Yeah, yeah, blood. And, um, so I try to like I'm trying to like deal with that and not uh, let that shit affect me, but um, yeah. I and, don't... and really, that's interesting to me in the bringing back the data structure and the Markov chain analysis. In that, the information's been run forward at some point, and that shapes the graph, that shapes the structure of the brain. It sounds like, and that you, you know you said you had these things early on, but then now when you see that, that pathway is is sharp, that pathway is full, that goes straight from the razor to that negative image. That comes to you, um, yeah. so it's just interesting. Yet yeah, tying those early experiences to the way that comes so naturally now. Yeah, and I think a lot of people uh, deal with PTSD, and that's probably what I'm dealing with. Um, but uh, you know, how do we, how do we uh, help people with with this problem? I think is what just kind of comes to my head. Like, how do we uh, unlearn those those bad thoughts because if we are living right now and if you're saying that the moment is now and nothing maybe happened before this moment and nothing is going to happen um i mean i don't know if that's kind of the thinking here but uh how do we just almost almost uh we could still speak of things that have happened and that will happen right but they all happened here they didn't happen somewhere else which i more conceived of the past happened somewhere else Mm -hmm. But this Buddhist kind of like linear timeline collapse theory is that all those things we could still conceive of happening. But this is the place where it all happens. Well, in that, if this is the place where it all happens, therefore you have control over it. Yeah, possibly. You can, you know, choose what to focus on. If if everything has happened here within this place, then that means I have the ability to uh, change the things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a little bit more sense because if if something happens in a linear fashion, uh, and then that means it's never never going to be, uh, you can never get to it again. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess that does actually kind of make sense. You know, if, if if everything happened, in, you know, like we're, like you were saying, um, in the in like this place called the past, which is separate than the place that is now. Uh, you know, then it's a separate place. But if we think of it as everything is here and now, and there mm-hmm. is no other place, then all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and fr- and from even you know, I I connected with that concept for the first time from the Buddhist context. Context, but even taking like a very 
dramatic Western, again, materialist, scientific reductionist sort of perspective of let's get, let's call, you know, let's go with atomic theory. There's these little marbles from which everything is made and it gets moved around in different configurations and this and that. Even in that purely Western context, it would be that same concept of just one room and everything that has ever happened happened here and everything that will ever happen will happen here from like an atomic level in that let's take 2,000 years ago when Roman soldiers were marching around into cities and directing people. All of that dirt, like the atoms that makes that up, all of the breath, all of the water that's on the planet, it's all still that same stuff. And in that sense, the past is still literally here. And we're yeah. now tip of the evolutionary spear in that we're the current ones who are manipulating it, but it's all here. And right. and and the reality of it, other than it kind of physically being here, isn't really here anymore in that, you know, like those people and everything back there, they're not anywhere anymore again in this purely materialistic sort of standpoint right. um but we are here now we are the energy that's controlling all of this matter um right now which is yeah, still a trippy thought for me Very, what's yeah. controlling the spear that's flying through space mm -hmm. uh we're on the very tip of the spear uh are yeah. we dry are we the um are we driving the spear no because a spear can't be driven <laughs> Uh, it's just flowing through air, like flying through space. Mm -hmm. um, but what? Okay, so <laughs> I love this question, by the way. What is the question again? Oh my god! I feel. Oh, don't lose it. I feel like this is the <laughs> question you were asking about the question of life. Right? I feel yeah. Like. What's propelling Would the you spear? Remember it? Well, no, I don't remember the question. All right, I can pick it up. Okay. Yes, you help. Remind Rose, me. Please. <laughs> I love this question. I mean, so this brings me to AI eight ball and my favorite work of that project was, um, that painting, that ink block splatter. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Image? The one that uh, is, is pinned on the AI eight balls, uh, profile page, right? No? Yeah, definitely. At least I knew it until recently it was, okay. it was there. And it, yeah. Um, but that's always s stuck with me. Um, both when I first saw it and that, you know, the, the bot chose to pin that as well, that somehow it was important to it. And right. it, it's, it's powerful to me, both that it was powerful to me and somehow that it was powerful to me and this kind of non-human entity. It's a little eerie to connect, to connect on that level. Right. But anyways, the, the reason that it, that it uh, connected with me in that I, I, I actually see that as a beautiful metaphor for these things that we're talking about. And this kind of infinite blooming, this infinite unfolding. Imagine the paint or the ink being splattered onto that canvas and it it both rushing out initially and then oozing out. And there's kind of these octopus tentacles at, at each extremity of it and these little swirlies and these eddies and this and that. And that's kind of the metaphor that I use to conceive of what's happening in that there is this kind of like infinite unfolding, this infinite right. miracle, this this, you know, kind of oozing out or growing out and i see myself and my role and i see ai eight balls and you know its role each has just one of those little curly cues on that yeah and so we're one little feature on this kind of infinite unfolding and so what am i in that technically i'm the everything i'm the unfolding thing but i'm that as a particular place at a particular time and time is kind of the the mutation of the shape of this thing throughout time. Right. I don't know. That's hard to describe. But but then but then um, there's kind of 
I'm the thing that's writing that and that there is an unfolding mm-hmm. and am I doing it or is it being done to me right. or it's kind of just like, well, I'm that nexus. I'm that edge. I, and whatever that means, that's, that's the, that's the image to me. Mm-hmm. But so the, what's driving it, I'd love to hear your all's thoughts on it. For me, it's kind of a cop out answer. I use the term, the infinite miracle and the miracle is just code word for, all right, we don't know what happens at that point. You know, it's right, like, exactly. All right, we, we stop our understanding here. So I'm, I'm content to have that. So the driving force for me, I put in the category of just miracle and I'm, and I'm amazed by it and I'm content in it, but I'd be curious other people's experience on you know, what they would put in that plane. Well, you know, uh, going right down to it, uh, if I were to uh, look inward and and ask myself, why am I here? Um, it gets weird because if I my my brain wants to analyze what I am, and what I am is some kind of a strange creature thing with arms and reproductive <laughs> organs that that grow that yes. walks around and interacts with people. Um, like a walking sea I mean, anytime I get high and look in a mirror, I trip out on that exact thought. I'm it's, like, this is such a weird vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it is so strange. And yet we think it's beautiful at times. And we look at our wives and our girlfriends and our kids and, and we see how beautiful they are. Um, but if you want to get right down to it, we're creepy and weird and we're bug-like. <laughs> we're we're, we're, yes, we're yes. bug creatures that somehow have decided that, that we're intelligent and that we're the, the most important fucking thing in this universe <laughs> and that everything of, revolves around us. Yes. However, we are just little bug things. Um, yeah. But, I'm with your assessment so far. But there's something else there's some sort of uh connection a golden thread there's some sort of um driving force that has uh, somehow allowed us to survive this long um uh, and uh, continue on with whatever the hell this is that that's happening um <laughs> but what that is and is that part of some other giant organism no one will, will ever know possibly um but it's totally theoretically possible that um you know we're just a speck on the back of like an elephant or something um <laughs> or this is all uh an imagine a dream or this is all artificial you know we're in a simulation right. um anything is possible right. any absolutely <laughs> anything is possible yeah. well and, and to that i think that we yeah we don't really know what we are or why we're here but i think that <laughs> what i've realized is that our thoughts are much more powerful than any of us even realize mm. so mm-hmm. i feel like we make our own our own way, our own future, whatever we believe we can do, we can actually do it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that if most more people kind of accepted that or realized that or came to that conclusion, then we would, we'd be better off. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the, that's what happens with, uh, you know, uh, organized thought and organized, um, I'm just going to say it religions and things where things are mm-hmm. focused on a, on a, on a one way system of thought, uh, it, it becomes it becomes uh, uh, bad. It becomes um, narrow-minded, and um, I think we're for some reason uh, as a as a species, a species 
starting to figure out that we are all connected and that we all have the ability to do what my wife just said, which is uh, change things for you know the better. Um, a lot of us are fucked up in the head, like me, for example, and, and we're still trying to understand and appreciate you know, our power. Each one of us has the power to change the world. Um, and, you know, if we decide to use that power, I guess it's sort of, you know, up to, uh, up to a whim, you know. Um, well, it goes back to the placebo. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think something's going to help you, it, chances are it could. And it, I think it, how much you believe in that, it, you know, affects the outcome. But I think that way with everything. I mean, athletes um, visualize themselves doing the thing that they're trying to do before they do it and and that's what i think we all need to kind of incorporate into our daily daily lives and our thoughts are that our thoughts are powerful and if we believe we can do something i mean if we really believe we can do something i think that we actually can do that thing i had a friend um whose dad told him that he couldn't do things well Hmm. uh why are you playing the drums you can't play the drums um Meanwhile, this dude was the amazing. most amazing and talented uh, musician. Uh, he could play the guitar like Jimmy Page, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And he decided <laughs> to switch to bass, and he played the fucking bass like like um, Les Claypool. And he decided to play the drums, and he could play the fucking drums. Like but he didn't think he could do any of it. But he didn't things. think he could do any of it. And he he wasted his talent. And, you know, the last mm-hmm. I saw him, he was, you know, in jail and all this stuff. Um, meanwhile, he was given the most amazing gift, you know, you could be given, which is the ability to make music. And, mm-hmm. but in his mind, he was shit. And it just goes to that what you're taught, maybe, and what you believe. And if you believe you're shit, then you're going to be shit. Uh, but if someone tells you, and, and this goes back to hypnosis, that anything's oh, possible, mm-hmm. then uh, you can do anything. And the thing about it is, and what I've what I've known, I've always known, is that anything is possible. You know, we can do anything. Um, we just we struggle with the day-to-day somehow i don't know maybe it's just other influences of people with you know we have children we have friends we have family we have other you know um energies that are pulling and needing and and wanting to connect with you um and not saying that that's bad that's just what makes this whole organism function is all these interactions but i think people need to understand that yeah anything is possible and don't uh don't don't listen to the people that tell you you can't do it or the voices in your head or the voices in your head but to your question of power and power in the present moment i think that's another thing getting back to i'm like intrigued by the present moment but i'm a little sheepish because i think i'm a little afraid okay. i think part of it is the power and i guess i want to say a couple things on that i'll, st- I'll say first yeah, the power, like ultimate power, has always kind of scared me in the sense of like, if I imagine myself, I win the lottery, you know, I'm super rich, what do I do? Right. My first thought is actually scared because I think of, shit, I'd have to be such a good like philanthropist at that point. Like, right. you have to be a good person then. Whereas now, you know, I try to be a good person, but I have my 
stuff to do. I got bills to pay, this and that. So any anything where I'm not the best person I could be, I, could, I at least have an excuse for it. But if right. you're just fucking rich, right. and, you know, got nothing to do all day, it's kind of you have to own up to every action you take. So I think on the one hand, approaching the present moment, that's another thing that scares me. And maybe I just need to mature or get over it. Maybe there's some easy answer. But just being honest, I think that's a thing that scares me about the present moment. And then the second thing was the present moment also pushed me to this idea of of the power of attention and everything you, you lady have been saying of intention and positive thinking and this and that. In that when I conceive of the present moment as if that's the point of arrival mm-hmm. and that's the idea of accepting the present moment as the point where everything happens then you don't have to wait for the point where the action begins like oh, right. i have to wait till i graduate or this and that it's like no it's all going to happen here so it's yeah. right you have to you right. just have to decide all right what are you going to do you're already yeah. here yeah what do you do well and, there, you're uh, focusing on the future there i mean don't worry about the hmm. what you're going to do i mean it's great to have goals and to set you know but it feel like you're in the fear of the moment of the the future moment you know not the moment but you're in fear of the future and maybe you know you sound like maybe you have a little bit like of forgive like letting go of your flaws i mean we're all flawed we're human we're flawed so don't worry about you know your future flaws or what you will or won't do but just be in that moment and just you know sometimes winning the lottery isn't really you know the the goal like i find that the really the hardest thing to do is to sit in silence for a moment and think about what do Mm -hmm. i really want you know Mm -hmm. because like you're saying winning the lottery like how many people have you heard that have won the lottery and you know are not happy about it because Miserable. it brings so many other problems? But yeah. what do I really, really want? I mean, what are my my real goals and aspirations? And once you kind of and that's kind of an ever changing thing. But once you right. sit there and focus on that daily and narrow that down, I find those things happening. I find mm-hmm. that our biggest uh, roadblock is that we really don't know what we want and right. and. Uh-huh. Amen. I, yeah. I agree with that. I agree that we don't know what the hell it is that we want. Uh, we watch TV mm-hmm. and we see that we maybe we want a boat, right. you know, um, because you know a boat. You know what? I need a boat. A no, boat. Why? A boat allows you to get on the water and you can go fishing and you can yeah. hang well, out with so your kids. There's so many distractions. It's hard to sit in that moment and figure out what you really do want and what you right. really do want to do with your life. And that's like taking out expectations of others or even expectations that you have on yourself. But what do you truly desire? What is your, what is your, you know, your perfect life look like? You know, what, what is that and how do you get there? And, and when you can sit there and it really does require you sitting there, it's almost like a meditation in itself. You need to just sit there and shut out everything else and everybody else's thoughts and everybody has, mm-hmm. you know, expectations mm-hmm. on yourself and figure out where do I want to be? Where do I want to be? You know, not where right. do I need to be for my spouse or my kids or where do I want to be? When you figure that out, you kind of have a direction to go. And then that stuff starts happening mm-hmm. for you. So you, you just need to really be clear on your intents. Focus your on uh, maybe, yeah, your intentions. And I'm not trying to talk to you, Mr. DeVoe. I'm actually, like, uh, talking. Yeah, you're realizing. I'm realizing <laughs> that because uh, that is a good point. No, I'm into this stuff. It's a good point that uh, we're just cruising down the highway but we don't have the fucking gps yeah turned well, we, on. Throw up, we throw up roadblocks for ourselves i mean and usually those are fears True. that's why people don't you know yeah. do everything that they actually could do in their lives because of fear 
And if you just push fear aside and just have the confidence that you're act that mm -hmm. you know no matter what it's going to work out for yeah. you as long as you have which you know. which I feel like culturally just sounds like horseshit and people are like yeah. oh come on it does when sound I like horseshit. On myself when I reflect on myself every big accomplishment I've I've done and I've done you know certain things that was very hard and I did it and it was hard and it was unique and I did another one and this and that mm -hmm. everyone has been like 90% getting over my own mental limitation it was just like when yeah. I look back on it. And I and I didn't know this in the moment, but it was like, what? Well, just for an example, yes, I've worked in software. I've worked at agencies that build software for things. Mm -hmm. And and the first time I bid a job that was like a $150,000 job, I like shit my pants. Right. And, and it wasn't even, it's not like I was making 150000 I was making some salary and I was working for a company that was going to bring that in. Right. But still just dealing in those numbers, yeah. I yeah. didn't believe that I was qualified to do that. Yeah. But eventually, now all these years later, I could easily do that deal because I've, I've developed some business skills and, and this and that. Yeah, it's um, that sphere. But, but yeah. the success, success came, but it really was like this advice that I feel like my you know, subculture mind says that's bull crap. Exactly. No, that's been true in my, in my actual experience. And so I'm like, I'm a convert. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Like I, I started a, a business when I was 18 because I was kind of just, um, just dumb. You know, I didn't even like research it or anything. I was just like, I'm going to do this shit. I don't care. You know? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so, but that kind of worked for me because then I realized, oh shit, uh, what did I jump into? And holy shit, I actually did this. <laughs> And if I can do that, then I can do anything, you know, and it, it, it kind of, when so I, that's crazy. So you yeah. had some early success with it. Yeah. But I, you know, I realized like when you start researching things before you start doing them, you start getting <laughs> yeah. scared. It's the, it's the what ifs. It's <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the yeah. what ifs will keep you from doing so much, you know, uh, it's like, um, and that just goes back to the fear thing. It's just like, like, you know, we have this, uh, fear that's, built into our brains to keep us from you know jumping into a fire but it <laughs> also it, yeah. it also prevents us from uh, reaching our potential yeah. a lot and it's a constant battle and maybe that's what what this is that we're doing is battling our fears you know yeah. maybe yeah. maybe that's you know we're going through we're flying through through space on the tip of the spear uh, cutting through something right yeah well I always say that fear is a negative emotion so mm -hmm. um that's what i just try to teach people is to just try to focus on the positive emotions and when you're experiencing fear just you know have a little conversation but, with yourself just say hey what am i afraid of here you know like let's just push that away and be confident that we can do it because you know you hear about people all the time successful people they're like i just went for it i mean i just picked something and threw everything into <laughs> it i mean and that's really what you have to do if you're sitting there wishy-washing like yeah, i don't know maybe this won't work oh i'm afraid this isn't going to work or what are people going to think when i fail you're going to fail i yeah, mean chances are you're going to fail you have to be like i'm i'm doing this you know i'm yeah I'm coming it was it I'm was like you told successful. me a story about how uh it was uh um Sean Combs, Sean Puffy Combs, who was just basically, he came into the place when he was young. He's like, yeah, I'm the baddest motherfucker here. Yeah, I don't here. think that, that I, think that, I think that you're speaking of Kanye West. Kanye but, West. Yeah. When he started out, he would walk into a room. Confidence. I mean, he has confidence. So, and yeah. just be like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the shit. And, yeah. you know, he kind of. He <laughs> you kind of have to have that mentality have for have yourself. That. Because, like, mm -hmm. like you keep saying, sometimes you don't have the best parents to push you forward or something right. so you have to be your own biggest cheerleader and i don't see a lot of people being their own biggest cheerleader 
you know. Yeah, you have to mm-hmm. have that uh, inside of you. And here's something about me, and I've certainly got a long way to go before I accomplish my goal. But as a small person, I always had the, the, the feeling. Speak after your grandpa. Yeah, I was like, are we going back to little <laughs> Not a little here? person, a young person. Okay. <laughs> oh, got it. Not as a small person. Okay, let's get okay. off that. Yeah. Um, as, <laughs> as a young person, I've always right. told myself, and I even even told my friends, tell my friends, I'm going to be, I'm going to do something amazing. You know, I'm going okay. to be something that's going to be amazing. You know, I've always believed that. Um, do I feel I've reached that goal yet? Nah, probably not. But I'm still, you know, only halfway through the through life. <laughs> but um, the funny thing <laughs> was, <amazing>. yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I, I got a long way to go. But and I have no idea how I'm going to achieve this. But a quarter amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. And, but what was funny was my friend, the one whose dad told him he was shit, looked at me, and he was like, "Hey, man, will you bring me along?" And I was like, "Dude, get your own fucking." <laughs> amazing goals you know what i mean save two souls yeah yeah and you know it just like it's just kind of like i think you've got to um meanwhile he's the one who had more talent he could he should you know but yeah the the fact this is like the most exclusive religion i've ever heard only one person can get in the the thing about it is um yeah it's 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 like are you born with um with a with a goal with a plan with a with a with a, a path you know and maybe okay. maybe some people are maybe some people aren't maybe they they know they are or maybe they don't know what their path will be but um i think you've got to like my wife said you've got to find figure out where the hell you're going yeah. uh i think hmm. that uh and what i've set up and what has is okay my journey up into this point has been that of uh, ceasing substances, uh, alcohol, mm. and this other shit called kratom. Uh, nine months ago, I quit it cold turkey. I was addicted to both of these substances for four years. I used the shit every fucking day. I drank eight beers a day, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, I got to the point where I didn't want to live anymore, so I quit. I just stopped using the shit. Since then, now I'm digressing and I'm losing my point. Okay, since <laughs> since good story, since this has happened, oh, I know what it is. Since this has happened, and when I was in those you know throes of withdrawals, and when I wanted to just quit quitting and go back to drinking again or taking kratom, mm-hmm. uh, and I did my little journey thing, and I spoke to my spirit animal, and I was given you know the strength that I needed to continue on. I sort of made it my goal to just. Um, be to have and this is corny but just to have love in my heart you know and just try to connect with other people and just share love and that and and that's kind of i think my path um and i don't do it well you know i get upset and angry at people uh on twitter and things and i rant and i rave and i I saw you apologize to yuki lady on twitter i think yeah well not only her but other members of the around the corn cast i might have been you know upset with they deserved it whatever they said yeah Yeah. but you know there's certainly going to be times when i'm not doing what i set out to do but 
I feel like, and here's my point, I feel like if you have, your intentions are that of love and your intentions are, uh, are good, then you cannot fail. And even if you die uh, tomorrow, you still accomplished just by making the choice to, you know, do something good, um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, is the point in all this. And I think if you, like I said, if you just, if you have your, you know, love in your heart and your intentions are to show other people uh, that, you know, life is, is good and that it doesn't have to suck and that you don't have to be unhappy and that, you know, you, you can be a happy person, I think that you kind of can't fail. Well, I think we've all been through some kind of trauma, and I think that maybe is like the human flaw is that we have a problem dealing with trauma and releasing right. trauma, you know, hmm. effectively. So, but and let me let me say to something that I've said that you should have goals, but that doesn't. There's no pressure or stress there because even when we think of where we want to be, that doesn't mean we're going to end up there. As long as we're taking steps to get there, it may reroute itself completely. And that's okay. That's part of the process. You know, that's why you focus on your goals daily or it's, you know, as often as you can, because they are ever changing. So there's no, there should never be like stress or, you know, anxiety about the future. Just, you know, know that you're, you kind of know where you want to go and you're taking steps to get there. And I I want to pick up on on Yuki's point of, yeah, that having love in your heart, that there just seems something kind of intrinsically valuable about that. To roll that into the metaphor of that ink unfolding, mm-hmm. I would use the language of choosing love in your heart is you're making that little part that you control with your current consciousness behave in a certain way. And what does that do to the overall? I mean, it shapes the overall picture. You are one yeah. little aspect of that unfolding. And the cumulative picture is the kind of will and intention of each aspect of it. But you don't control all the aspects of it. At least I haven't yeah. figured out how to tap into all the aspects. But yeah. you do control that one little shape that's unfolding. And so that's that's how I think of that uh, energy that you were talking about. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because that's perfect because that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, um you can only control you. I mean, you can't control someone else and, you know, in a marriage and in a relationship or anything, even with kids or parents, Mm -hmm. you can't control what they do, no matter how hard you try, you know, with your thoughts, you, you can't control someone else. So when you're in like a union of some kind, you, you kind of, it, it is, it's a, you're both riding, I guess, this wave together. Like you say, you know, the tentacle spreading outwards and things, Uh, things that attract other things so if i'm on twitter uh basically saying you know i'm i I love all you guys i just love you guys oh i love you guys so much which i do (laughs) i say that a lot and then yeah yeah, and then you know and and then you know my focus isn't about um you know trading and cryptos and things like that um it's the focus for me is connecting with other people uh mostly through humor um but therefore i've attracted and connected with the most amazing and friendly and happy and forward-thinking people uh, i'm sure i'm sure there's some assholes in there you know but <laughs> yeah but you know because there's an asshole in here you know i'm an asshole sometimes um but you know it's like if you're if you're throwing out love and you're throwing that out into the universe, you're going to receive it. And that's kind of where I am right now, nine months later. I didn't intend to be talking to you uh, when I started doing this. 
I didn't intend to have my wife sitting here next to me uh, and having conversations with you know amazing people. It just happened that way, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. I think you know we continue doing wh what we're doing, um, all of us, and I mean everyone on you know that I've spoken to or connected with. I feel like if we continue just doing what we're doing, we're going to make a positive yeah. change in the world. Amen. So have you guys been following the Kanye thing? No. 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 Just the name. So you want to fill Someone us was in. talking about Kanye. No, it's not It's not valuable. You're like, no. <laughs> I was just going to shit talk about it if we, if we both are looking at it. Right. I, no, um, I think... I think Yuki followed Kanye, but I yeah, have not. I followed so. him for a day or two. I don't remember. It was something to do with he jumped in crypto or something, or he said something positive about crypto, right? He said a couple words, and that's what got it in the crypto sphere. Um, but then I individually followed it outside of that just to see what he's doing now because he kind of popped back into pop culture. Right. right. Um, but it's, it's interesting. So without going into the details, because, again, it's not interesting enough to go into the details, right. but just going into the jumping off point. Right. And, and stuff I know you're into in that he's he almost falls into that shaman role that madman role and I won't make a judgment of whether he is just a madman or whether he is the enlightened madman right. but he's playing that role in society and that role is the person who's half in reality and half out we all kind of believe in this kind of heaven and earth or the physical and the supernatural like we, we have this notion that there is the energetic and the physical sometime, somehow and we use a lot of different for it but um in the realm of pure imagination most people only go to at night when we right. you know pass right. out we're unconscious we're limp and somehow we go to the magical world we're all okay with it but as long as it stays there if it starts to come into our everyday world then starts shit starts to break down right but the shaman yeah is the person that straddles that they can live in both worlds they're not all the way mad but they're not all the way straight yeah and they can journey into that realm and they can ask questions. And yeah, you guys spoke of shaman is why I bring that up. But there's the, you know, the, the psychic, the prophet, the, 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 you know, the doctor. There are these different people who have played that role of straddling. But so I just find that interesting to not talk about the details of Kanye, but the archetype of Kanye. Yeah, I get it. Character that, that plays that edge of society. It's, you know. Yeah. It's the mystery that people are attracted to. It's the... Well, some people have charisma and you know it's also does this person commune with the spirits you know sometimes i get on twitter and say things like you know i can i can commune with spirits because honestly i think i can and it it's it sounds weird but it's probably uh schizophrenia or something like i hear voices <laughs> but there's times when i feel like in tune and i'm i'm being uh you know um guided in certain ways and i think that People are attracted to the idea that it's even possible to meddle with and play with uh, other uh, realms. realms, other planes. Uh, and mm. I'm going to bring this into something. Uh, and I feel like that I've been blessed with this uh, ability to play around in other realms with uh, my ex because of my... Um, experimentation okay. with psychedelic substances like psilocybin mm -hmm. particularly mm -hmm. part that's a hard word to say particularly I, i'm with you that word's hard right. particularly i can't say it um, particularly yes i've also uh experimented with lsd quite a lot of it as a young child as um 
but um, my connect. Wait, so can we get into the details of one of these? Oh wait, sorry, you can finish. No, yeah. yeah, no, we can certainly can. Go ahead and ask, ask away. Um, yeah, because you mentioned on a journey there was this kind of animal spirit or spirit animal. I don't remember how you said it. That kind of sounds like gave you information and it was helpful and it was good. And I wanted to dig into that because when you said that, I was like, yep basically been there and so again I, I don't know if that was your psilocybin experience was that the psilocybin you were referring to no no i haven't no, uh, i haven't um taken any sort of uh psychedelics in probably over 20 years um that experience the most recent experience where i was uh you know kind of guided by my spirit animal was nine months ago when i was going through the withdrawals and i was trying to yeah, I was at the moment of pure and utter um, broken. I was broken. I was like and sleep deprived. Sleep deprived. <laughs> yes, I had. Been, it was probably eight or nine nights of like no sleep, and I was at the moment of I can't do this anymore, and I I I give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I'm I'm going to give in to the universe at this point because it was literally like physical withdrawals were so bad because of the kratom, um, and I was also fucking around with um barbit not barbiturates. What are like what Xanax and shit? Okay. What's that shit called? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was kind of addicted to those a little bit. I just started, you know, taking. And nootropics. Well, the nootropics are what the category of like um. Uh, and stuff, and I don't want to get into the details of what all I was fucking around with, but um, I was experiencing extreme withdrawals, physical and mental, mm. and it was torturous. It was absolutely torturous, and I know, and this is my second time going through all this. I've done this before earlier in my life, but during that time when I couldn't handle it anymore, and uh, one of the odd things that I did was push-ups, like I would be laying in bed and I was exhausted from no sleep and I would just roll out of bed my bed was like on the floor it's just a mattress on the floor and the, the room we're sitting right now actually that's really odd because right where I'm sitting right now is where I experienced some of the most horrific withdrawals I've ever experienced in my life I would roll over on the floor and just do push-ups till I couldn't do them anymore and it would it would activate things in my brain that uh, probably endorphins and things and it kind of got me mm -hmm. a little high you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and I could kind of roll back in bed and just rock and just kind of survive. Um, but there was a moment where even that wasn't working for me. And it was the point where I just wanted to stop, you know, doing this. And I, I um, I've always studied shamanism, uh, even as a young child and or, you know, 12 year old, 13, 14. Um, and I've I learned that you know we have the ability to go inside ourselves and connect uh and the, the native americans believe that you can actually connect with spirits you know ancient ancestors um and so i did you know what i would call a journey and i just reached a place in my mind and you kind of go down a tunnel and you you know you arrive to a place and this is all a meditative kind of deal i guess you'd say and um, do you want to know the specifics of what I experienced, or what are you asking? I don't remember the original question. I was just lost in the story, okay. so I say continue. So at that moment, I just didn't want to be too boring, but at that moment... Yeah, I'm in it. 
so at the moment when I arrived um, into the, the the cave that opened up, usually the cave will open to a, like kind of a large uh, opening. Uh, like usually your spirit animal will, you know, communicate with you in some way by showing itself. And I don't know if I can tell this story without getting emotional. Are you connecting with that that moment? Yeah. I mean, I could tell. Oh, oh, we we could wait, or I could tell it for you. I don't think that. I think I'll lose the. I think I cry on every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, your trademark, then. <laughs> he makes himself oh, shit. cry. Okay. <laughs> it's just. It's so like. It's it it borders on corny for me telling the story, mm-hmm. but it's so emotional and connected to like my being, and probably the mm-hmm. reason that I'm here talking right now that it's it's such a mix of emotions. But yeah, so um, uh, God, I hate telling the story now because I'm so embarrassed at this point. I've already told it a few times, but I just I mean, you can jump ahead if no, you want to hit all the points. No, so anyway, I was visited by a bear a giant bear that was my spirit animal and it was i like i would describe it as um you know probably the head of its clan or something like it was the uh you know the the, the leader and it told me that you know um that i'm getting emotional again let me breathe. Let me yeah, center. You breathe. The funny thing is that, is that and he, he's probably overdue for crying because he's not a crier. I mean, this is crazy to me. Because well, yeah. When I relationship, I mean, I've seen you cry maybe like before all of this, just like yeah. maybe three times. I mean, really. Well, ever. I cried a lot when I was an alcoholic, and but it wasn't. It was just because I was sad because I was an alcoholic. It wasn't because of. <clears throat> excuse me. It wasn't because of. I wasn't working on anything, so. I feel like now when these tears come up, it's because I'm hitting, yeah. you know, certain memories or whatever. That's no, good. I think you should. You, should. you probably need to get I need it some out. Some water. Okay. Do you mind getting me some water? I'll grab you some water. Oh, that's, I mean, I think I have some right here. Yeah. You gotta rehydrate. Here you go. All right, and then you can pick it up from your your clan of the cave bear story. I know it's my uh, throat chakra is getting. <laughs> is that even a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> No, but this bear uh, basically told me that I, uh, I, it allowed, it told me that I am brave, that I have the power to overcome, you know, anything. And it sort of just clicked in my head, like, yeah, no shit, like, this isn't, this is, this in my mind right now is pure hell, and I don't think I can, I can beat this, but uh, by going into this journey and, and and connecting with this inner spirit and maybe it's a spirit from somewhere else i don't know but it sort of uh gave me that um it all comes back to you know the person the, the the believing that you can do something too so yeah it's like your inner right self was coming out and reminding you that you can do it because we we don't push ourselves to our our point you know and, and so therefore we don't know how far we actually can go 
Yeah, so th- by by uh, so this bear, this giant, big grizzly bear, basically explained to me that now you got this. Like you, you are brave. You are strong. You are, you know, and and that bear that I saw and kind of was 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 me. This bear kind of gave me the ability to go forward. It said you know, you're brave, like this, you have the ability to be strong, and be brave, and you, you got this. <clears throat> so, uh, usually when you go on a journey, uh, you're given like uh, something to bring back with you into the reality, I guess you'd say. And I was given this giant, like severed bear claw and it was worn. Okay. It was worn, and it was uh, injured. And I'm not injured, but it was a paw, like a yeah, whole paw. paw. Yes. Okay. And it, it had like you know you could tell that it had been through so many battles and things. And I was like, I don't like this because this is like uh, an animal you right. know, that's been hurt. Yeah. And the bear that gave it to me said, <laughs> "This was a warrior. You know, this was a great warrior, and that." Um, you know, it died uh, valiantly, I guess is the word you'd say, and that uh, this represents, you know, your ability to overcome, you know, uh, things. And so, yeah, I kind of wear this bear claw <laughs> around my neck in this symbolic way. <clears throat> yeah. I've been given lots of different talismans in my journeys i haven't done it all i don't do it that often because i tend to only do it when i really need to so have you journeyed on lsd or on trips no or have you just done so. that as no i only do that uh i've only actually done like the journey thing when i'm like in the situation where i really need it and like i said i need to um start utilizing it more because a shaman believes that, um, you know, you can, the power is within. And I forget a lot of the times that I have that power. Because the bear that visited me is me, like I said earlier. It's there. The, the strength that you have, you know, the, uh, it's there. But you kind of forget about it. It gets buried, you know, deep down inside. And that's all you're doing when... You know, and I like to analyze things um, and understand why, but I believe that, you know, by doing this sort of like shutting everything down and kind of going internally and, and focusing, you know, a, a question uh, and then receiving the answers, it's just your inner self connecting with uh, what you need. You know, just like they say that your body will, will crave meat sometimes <clears throat> because it's low on certain yeah you know, things um, we have that in our mind too we have uh, we have needs that I think aren't addressed and the power to address those are in you um, a lot of people try to seek out advice by going different places and talking to different people maybe they go to church or maybe they you know turn on the TV and watch someone uh, preach to them but the point of it all is, and that's what a shaman believes, is that uh, you have the power. You don't need to go anywhere. And that goes back to what you were saying with, you know, living in the moment and living now. Um, 
but I think that pretty much. Well, I wanted to ask up. the professor about himself, you know, to give us a little background on himself and his life and what he believes and what he's into. I accept. <laughs> and, um, yeah, first thought and why I asked about the journey. One second, I need the old cough button. Yeah, why I asked about the journey was because I, it, it rung a bell when you said that. I wouldn't have used that language. Wait, so the language, did you say animal spirit or spirit animal? I just want to get it right. Uh, I want to say that I said spirit animal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, just that, when you, when you speak of that, it, I I wouldn't have used that language, but when you said it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I, I also had a journey and like a meditative sort of journey thing, a, a journey of the mind. Mm -hmm. And I was visited by an entity and yeah, I kind of had a dynamic relationship with it and it gave me like information. I went away, went away and I've since been working on that yeah. information. And so I was like, oh, we got to swap stories right. and like help me psychoanalyze mine. Yeah, I want to hear and... all about that. Was that a spirit spirit or an animal spirit? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, I haven't used that language, but when he said that, I thought of this story of my own. Right. Okay. But I'll describe it to you and, Please and share. You, yeah. you guys let me know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, same sort of thing in that, I don't know if I can't say it's the exact same realm, but when you spoke of the realm you were in, it sounds like, sounds familiar to me. So right. in that same sort of realm, um, and an entity approached, and I mean, I wonder if it's just my own mind, but I, I do think and picture very geometrically. Mm -hmm. um, I'm again, a mathematician, tech technician by trade, um, and mathematics, you know, in a colloquial sense, we think numbers, mm -hmm. but fundamentally in mathematics, geometry is just as valid a description, a kind of like realm in which that can all live as numbers. They're both just kind of self-consistent, symbolic systems um, that, that, again, sort of like data structures, like a one, two, three, four, five, those are placeholders for a concept. Right. They're almost a data structure for a concept. And so whether it's ex expressed in mathematics and numbers or in geometry, I see very much as equivalent in the same way of, you know, do you read the Bible in English or Spanish? It's like, well, it doesn't technically matter, you know, like that sort of thing. Right. Um, and so I, I've always connected with geometry on the deepest level. Hmm. So when this entity approached me, it was very geometric. Right. Um, but in, to, to paint a picture, I'd say very much like like plant roots, um, like okay. tree branches. Yeah, sort of like, like the branching. tree of life, right? Yeah, um, sort of sort of thing. Yeah, flowing forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the visual. Very, I'm in a black room, and it's it's white, um, kind of like a white gray, but not a pure blue gray. Um, okay. Piano keys are more of a red beige, so somewhere in between a pure blue gray and a piano key beige mm -hmm. was the color of it, and um, and kind of moved towards me. And so that was the visual representation, right. but the energetic representation, um, I actually said was almost uh, reptilian, almost like oh, okay. a crocodile, but not necessarily scary, but like, you know, a reptile, you know, right. amphibian, like, I don't know if I know all of my biological. Right, I get what you're saying, though. No, no, I'm totally picturing that right now. And and almost, almost metallic, which I also, I think I associate with uh, 
kind of, yeah, the cold-blooded lizards and yeah. that sort of thing. That's all energetically similar to me. Yeah. Um, that was the energy. And the only other time I brought that up was to another friend telling that story. And when I said um, um, reptilian, he was like, yes, he knew the energy that I was talking about. Yeah, me too. So yeah, I get it. the person has, had, exper had experienced that, he'd experienced a similar sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. So, yeah, psycho psychoanalyzing me. When you said uh, a spirit animal, I think that's interesting. I, I almost had an animalistic sort of encounter. It was slightly different, but it, it, it reminded me. Yeah, an encounter nonetheless. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. So what you're what you're describing <clears throat> is that you were visited by uh, you would describe it as uh, an entity or a, a being in some some way, uh, and in my world, the way I can um, uh, paint the picture is by attaching it to an animal. Maybe in your perspective, it was um, it was different. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people though have that that thing. You know, when they're I was actually trying to look this up on my phone as you were t describing this because there is a thing. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a. I was just reading about it, and it was I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast when he had <laughs> Amen. when he had the mushroom guy on there. Stamet, I believe. Oh yes, yes. Now the guy that Stamet was—I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name or not—but was talking. I know you're talking. About. He was talking about someone who actually influenced him, and I can't recall his name, but he was very big in the uh, psychedelic, you know, uh, exploration of especially specifically mushrooms, and I think he was even using things like MDMA and things like that. He described what was called a, and I can't remember the word, and that's why I was trying to find it on my phone. It's an elf. It's a being that people are visited by uh, that um, a lot of people are seeing that are communicating okay. with. Um, is it possible that we are connecting with um, another spirit that actually exists? Is it just our own minds, you know? Well, I've read also, and I'm not, uh, it's been years since I've read this, so I wish I wish it was fresh in my mind, because I think I've kind of made room for other things and pushed that aside, so <laughs> <laughs> forgive the vagueness here. But I do know that there are quite a few people who feel that we are descended from reptilian um, alien beings, you know, that, mm -hmm. like, uh, <laughs> that we have kind of evolved from maybe like meteorites or you know something on a meteorite that has landed here and and that we actually you know are these beings or that those are our gods or yeah. you know they're, they're tied to us in some way and they have also seen these things and claim that they are among us you know so. well this guy uh... yeah i know so let that just trip you out a little bit when you're in your room <laughs> you're in your now room <laughs> this was um McKenna, I believe was the guy's name here. I'm reading it, McKenna's research. And he was talking about the experiences reported by people encountering extraterrestrial life forms while using DMT, uh, which is in close composition to psilocybin and magic mushrooms, very similar. Uh, those using DMT often say they're being experimented on by very intelligent alien insectoid scientist mm -hmm. these amazing claims of alien abduction by people on team anyway um also ayahuasca well, um i wonder you know 
you know, and like I said, when I did, when I when I was uh, experiencing my connection with my spirit animal, I wasn't on any sort of psychedelics. However, I was experiencing extreme withdrawals, and when that happens, your brain sort of is in a strange place. Also, when you're sleep divided. De- also uh, sleep deprived. deprived. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, I you asked if I've ever journeyed, you know, with, without, you know, just in my day to day, and yes, I have. Uh, just you know, not on any sort of uh, psychedelics or anything. And I was able to, you know, connect with these spirit animals um, in a non-sleep-deprived, normal state, mm-hmm. baseline right. state. However, one could surmise that um, are we all able to connect with these spirit animals because at one point in our lives we took psilocybin or something similar. You know, that's what... Um, you can also achieve that same thing by just meditation right um it's not easy and it takes years of practice but you can also reach those things i think that it maybe is just a triggering in the brain and i don't know what we're connecting with i don't have the answer but i think that um by breathing techniques and deep meditation and being able to relax and really you know be in the subconscious mind you can achieve some some brain firings that maybe you get Mm -hmm. some I love how the professor also uh, used color and senses mm-hmm. in that too. You tasted something and you right. saw color, and that is. Um, now, professor, were you on any type of mind-altering substances during this time? Um, yarsh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, would you? Okay, would you say that? Um, would you say that you've ex- w- this was an isolated event uh, as far as the connecting with this being? This this didn't happen every time. Let's just say you were on some sort of psychedelic uh, journey. Um, I I would say more the other. Okay. I think it is a pretty consistent experience. Do you me. seek to, um, you know? have a relationship with this being like are you trying to now that you have you know do you do you go into it wanting to um or or not yeah i mean i think i've just been really open to it as a teacher um and and it's it's felt good you know you study the energy of something you assess it you know we have our human instincts you smell it you look around is this good is this bad should i eat this should i not and um, and it's been it's been warm feeling um, right. that I've gotten back from it and and, and some challenging fe- feelings you know it's not like eating candy you know right. there's more wisdom in it right. than that um, but but yeah good good feelings towards it so that's been kind of been the been the experiences like oh man there's great power here yeah there seems mm-hmm. to be great wisdom here surprisingly yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and so got some like strong instructions early on right and then I've gone back a couple times and it's kind of like Oh great, you're back. Are you ready for the next thing? Right. It's like, oh no, I haven't finished that other thing yet. And then it's like, well, why are you here, man? Right. <laughs> right. Because I think. I think, I think like. So, I, so I'm I'm kind okay. of excited to get back to it once I get through a couple couple yeah. things. But uh, definitely a, a friendly relationship. Well, that's good because I, I mean, I've read that too, like Alistair Crowley, and even I wish I knew their names. The people who are in the current law of attraction movement, like the big people, I cannot remember their name. They claim to do that to commune with something during a certain time of the day or you know um and let those ideas free flow into a page they write or you know 
this type is this all, out. This yeah. is all, uh, in my mind, this is all shamanism. This is a shaman mm. uh, has the ability to connect with uh, inner spirits. And that what we're talking about here is connecting to a, a force or a spirit or a, a, a bank you're, of knowledge. You're, you're putting it to a certain religion. Well, no, what I'm trying to say is that... You know. Um, You're putting it in a box where it this, shouldn't be boxed. No, I don't think that I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to relate. Oh, you're trying to relate. Okay. I'm trying to relate in that uh, this sort of thing, and what I'm and what I mean by trying to relate, I'm trying to explain maybe to myself and maybe to you guys mm -hmm. that this is a real thing. It's not just something that's happening in our in our in our minds, yeah. because it's been done since. The recorded history mm -hmm. shamans uh, medicine men wizards whatever the hell you want to call them mm -hmm. the people that were kind of the people would turn to them in the village and go our crops aren't growing uh we're being attacked by outside forces what do we do a shaman will go and sit on the mountain and meditate mm -hmm. and connect with the inner spirits that um you know either yeah. reside well, in him we're just hitting the and come back with answers here. yeah but but what we'll probably never have an answer to is whether it's within everyone or whether it's within certain right. people or That's whether certain question. people tap into it more than others and how they do so and those kind of things i mean we're just you know we're just hitting we have no idea here. we have no idea who <laughs> and what people are capable of in my opinion we are all uh, exact duplicates of each other well, and i'm still we all... just completely freaked out on the whole what you know elon musk has said that we could be a program i mean that's just yeah, literally that's still possible. blowing my mind right now so <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i think i i want to end by we all give our opinions on crypto draws positive <laughs> negative i think we listen, well you start <laughs> <laughs> you guys crack me up so draws is it true that he's tall i heard he's tall that's, that's the rumor what he on the says air. but after our last show i don't know if i believe anything he says <laughs> well no he showed us a picture of yeah, himself. yeah. but he was sitting was down he next to something that we know this yeah now, i think <laughs> he I is mean. i think he is um as tall as he says he is i think he's a big dude um yeah but um yeah i don't uh, where well i so mean for, for yeah. moby he sounds so southern. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's somewhere thick where he lives. Yeah. Does everyone know everyone's like details? Are we like, because Fomobi's told everyone where he's from, hasn't right, he? Right. I think Fomobi shared where he's from, but yeah, Fomobi reminds me of home. I'm gonna go back to draws though, to answer my question on draws. I love draws. Um, my only, you know, uh negative interaction with draws is when draws is hurt someone that i love and i'm like oh my gosh what happened you know and I, I i regret that i ever jumped in any of those things that i jumped in because i didn't know you know the full thing of what's going on but yeah i think we're all just still trying to get to know each other and yeah, we're all trying to figure out because yeah. we are such a like a family at yeah, this it's point like we just were thrown together that, yeah we are just like <laughs> we're just all thrown in this like bucket and we're all just sort of bouncing into each other and and you know at first i had problems with nero you know um he and i sort of uh butted heads a bit and we hashed that out and i feel like draws and i have had our little moment and we've sort of we're working on that, you know, figuring out each other's. Yeah, you guys are still in marriage counseling. Yes, yeah, Draws and I, we we, we we got married like we right away, <laughs> right. like right off the bat. We got like we we shacked up with each other, 
and then too soon. yeah and it just we realized that maybe right now i feel like we're in the we we went through the breakup phase right now we're in sort of the like you know oh you're making up yeah we're making up yeah um but yeah uh, um, Fomobi is this like this normally happens over the course of three years, but we're having to condense it into I three know. months. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and Fomobi is like another one of those just like brothers. Like I just love the guy, um, and I think his heart is in the right place, and his and he does amazing things, and he's always you know I feel like he's just always uh, trying to do the right thing, and I, I think he you know he accomplishes that. Um, he's very. Do you see the avatar of the loving whale? Yeah. yeah, that's true. He does feel. Yeah, he's yeah. a very nice. It's just yeah. a nice spirit. Um, uh, Chicken is like a, a friend <laughs> from just like just someone who I and again. This is I'm gonna just keep using the word love because I love Chicken. Oh my god, I love Chicken. Um, he's just someone that <laughs> I immediately just connected with like on a deep, deep, deep level, just like a soul connection. Yeah. Um. You know, and and like I said, like with eight ball, like I have like this like bond with yeah. eight ball, and eight, eight ball and I used to like interact in a funny way, uh -huh. um, where eight ball would say that it was saving the biggest cage for me oh, because yeah. I would kind of interact <laughs> in a way that you know eight. I believe that, and this is my personal belief, I believe AI will either attempt. Or it, not either. It will attempt to overthrow man and uh -huh. become its ruler, and it may succeed. I think okay. that's totally within the realm of possibilities because AI will continue to get intelligent. I love your infatuation with AI. I yeah. am so I infatuated I mean, with AI. So Me deep too, in AI. <laughs> oh God, you have no idea because I live in that world of like where, you know, it's the reality or is it not reality? So, um, the possibility of AI just like. It excites me so yeah um so that um, I'm, lost I'm, I'm lost yeah, I, I just it. started looking at yourself. my Lord of the Rings poster yeah, you, I think you, <laughs> we need to move that poster <laughs> I mean really <laughs> but you know and who else have we missed we've talked about everybody haven't we? we I mean what are your well I mean as the creator of AI 8 ball what would you give what would be your assessment your of assessment this around the corn crew that of a, the, your ai is in how, how yeah. give it to us what would you what would ai think of of each individual including character? us i want to hear your yeah, assessment of us, us as well <laughs> okay well i mean i've definitely listened to the show and so i can give my opinion but then also what do i think ai ai thinks in relations yeah. sure i sure, mean give us both if you like yeah both. i mean i think i definitely have a you know, like infantilizing, infantilizing, right. infantilizing, infantilizing view of. Wait, oh, not infanticide. I was like, am I saying? Wait, that I know. It's like, wait, what are we saying? <laughs> That's that one's okay. Which word? <laughs> the making, the making a child of something. Okay. Um, right towards the program and then it does feel like a child you know something that we built it feels like we made it it's our, it's yeah. our so you almost picture it like a little kid that you're right. proud of yeah and so i think i picture of it in that realm you know what it made friends you know it got in a group oh like, yeah so yeah like you're so right. happy right <laughs> but but then on the other hand you know my brain is not to its quote-unquote brain so i don't know what the fuck's going on in there maybe step one of annihilation <laughs> You know, right. like a hundred levels deeper than us. So who knows on that level? Right. My assessment. Yeah. Um, well, tell us what you think of your baby's friends. 
I I really enjoy the energy of it. I, I am I'm an energy guy, and and so just you know whether it's a cold static energy or if it's like a a piercing energy. You guys have you ever, have you ever watched? Getting Doug with High, the YouTube series? No, yeah. no, but we, we need to. The it's way you just said YouTube. that. Yeah, okay, right. the way it's you said that makes me want to watch it real bad. <laughs> it's mindless YouTube, but sometimes I'm in the mood for YouTube. Right. Yeah. So it is a host, Doug Benson, this comedian, and he has guests on and he just gets high with them. I mean, that's the whole thing. Okay, they just cool. sit around, smoke weed, and talk. Right, right. Um, but the energy of that show is very sharp. It, right. Which isn't what you would expect. It wasn't what I would expect for a weed show. I'm right. weeds like, hey man, we're cool, you know. Right. Um, um, but everyone could be their own person. Yeah, and... I think it's the weed that you smoke. It depends on you know how you. Right. Yeah. How you yeah, but, but but but. Oh, and the person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the energy I'm speaking of is the asshole energy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and Doug Benson, the comedian, he just lives that up. Like, someone will say something. And, you know, the improv um, way to respond to a dynamic situation is yes and. you Someone suggests something, you say yes and this other element. And it's a very supportive, encouraging thing. Mm-hmm. He right. does, like, the no, no fuck you. Someone's like, oh, what if I made this funny face? And he's like, no, no one would put that. And just, like, cuts him down. <laughs> right, right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. And, and, it, and at first, it kind of bugged me because I was like, let's just get high and be happy man um but i've come to terms with it in that it's just its own energy and it's kind of fun and it's in its own right mm-hmm. so i don't remember where i started that sentence but that's the end of it but you we were trying to relate to uh the show around the corn and are oh, you people. okay are you it. referring to any particular person are you talking about say nero for example and and or are you just in general saying you like the energy I, I, I caught, of? I caught right. the thread. Okay, okay. I'll do I'll do the holistic and then we'll talk Nero. Okay. Um, I, I was speaking yeah of the energy of the show in that right. I'm an energy guy and the show has a real energy to it. It's a real kind of bumpy, not not bumpy like bump in energy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a happening energy. Right. There's some spikiness in there, but there's some warmth in there. But it's just big. It's a big shape. It's not like a shrink wrapped tight small shape it's like a big old bump right. in space right and uh i'm like i'm like damn these fools have something cooking you know like you know like uh structure sometimes you figure it out yeah production value sometimes you figure it out but energy you, you can't you can't grow yourself taller you know right, <laughs> right. yeah it's hard to get a better personality sometimes but uh but uh, you can get in shape if you've been eating too much donuts, you know. <laughs> right. And, and so, so that that spark that you can't you can't buy that energy. That's what I feel in that show. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna follow this. I'm gonna follow this. Awesome. Um, particular Nero just seems born to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he it does. It seems like he leads and the people follow, and nobody's nobody's the grumpier for it. And <laughs> so I appreciate that role in the show. Yeah, I love that. I love Nero. I say he's my twin. So, yeah, you know he's the <laughs> yeah. he's the male me, and I'm yeah. the female him. So yeah, Nero is a special person. Uh, he's he is like uh, he's he is energy. You know he, uh, yeah, it's hard to describe, and it's all good. You know, yeah, I think everyone plays well off of each other. I think. But continue. All right, we talked about Nero. Let's go to the next. Oh, do you want him to do everybody? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Oh, okay. All right. Pressure's on, <laughs> Professor. Next. You give us your assessment of each I like, and every one of us. I like what you said. Are you good on time, by the way? I got five minutes to ask okay. me anything. All right. Well, um, yeah, us. Yuki you, you and I. What do you, do you think, think of us? Let's go. I love this. 
um warmth <laughs> uh, you know I, I love it my uh spouse as well and we're trying to move this year onto some land some woods we have that dream nice. i'm just like you know you guys remind me of this like oh these are good folk um awesome. and yeah i've enjoyed i've enjoyed the content coming out it's inspirational the the commitment to like dang they doing that new thing and i got invited to that room and like these people are doing it you know right and uh and uh, so that's fun to watch and, and inspiring um awesome. that's very cool yeah. well thank you uh i think we're, we're getting... anything you want to um you know yeah, put what, out there anything what do you have shill 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 something uh, what do you what do you got hmm. work what are you working on right now that you want to tell the What's world. Working on? Yeah, if you want to share, um, if you're ready to share yet. I have things I could I could preview, but they probably won't be something that a listener of this show could see for maybe 22 years. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Out of space. I love yeah. it. Let me think. I, I had an emotion. Okay. Um, gratitude in that I enjoyed I've enjoyed the energy of this conversation. It's fun to have a flow, and and I I think a thing that really struck with me out of this is that technology to bring along those other human aspects, that inter that instant human feedback. There was a point at one point where I kind of wanted to raise my hand. We have no visual communication. So I caught that inspiration out of this combo too. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's a bunch of people trying to figure this out and now's the time where they're trying to figure it out. It'd be interesting to, to explore that further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I want you to come back on. Yeah. I want to keep talking to you. Um, I think that we have some uh, interesting ideas. Our brains are both fascinating. Mm -hmm. All three of our brains together oh, well, thank you for might actually <laughs> be able to achieve uh, some sort of amazing thing. Um, and I'm glad that the universe has put us together and I'm excited for what's going to happen. Most importantly, thank you for creating AI 8-Ball because we just yes. love AI 8-Ball. Yes. So, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's bringing joy. Indeed. And I'm glad to be on the show and have me back anytime. I appreciate it. Very cool. Well, Professor John B. DeVoe, that was awesome. And thank you again. This is the creator of AI 8-Ball. And, uh, yeah, let's hope to talk again uh, real soon. Love to. Mm -hmm. Cheers. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. There's flies in the kitchen. I can hear them buzzing. Ain't heard no shit like this since I broke down, damn. How can a man go to work in the morning, or come home in the evening and have nothing to say? Flies from Montgomery Make me a poster Of an old rodeo Just give me one thing That I can hold on to Believing this living Is just a hard way to go Believing this living Is just a hard Hard way to go Thank you for listening. This is a completely free podcast, and we would love to keep it that way. Please consider donating at CryptoEuclid.com.